You're listening to the Joy Junkies Show podcast, episode 310. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 310. You're listening to the Joy Junkies Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. My dearest love. Oh, who would that be? That's you. Is that me? My sweet pea. What's up, baby? You ready to talk to the audience? I am ready. Is the audience ready to talk to us? That's what that's, I want to know. That's the key. What that's are the are question. you guys ready? Are you ready? And now we're mad at them. No, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> no, welcome to the show. We are thrilled to bring you another edition of the Joy Junkie Show podcast. That's and right. <laughs> this uh, this episode is all about imposter complex, and this is something that I come across a lot with my students because I tend to work with with women who are high achievers. They've attained incredible levels in their career, or degrees, or honors, and accolades, and things like that, and they still have this prevailing idea that they're not good enough and that they are somehow coming up short. And this was actually submitted as a podcast topic suggestion from one of the audience members. So cool. we'll read about that a little bit later. But I'm I'm feeling like we need to might maybe shake things up a little bit, do something a little lighter here. Yeah, we have uh, a little segment that might lighten things up. We like to call it the... Would you rather... And today's Would You Rather is... <laughs> would you rather... I like how you kind of do that differently each week. I, yeah, I want to switch it up. Yeah. You yeah. know? You're like, it's my segment. It's my segment. So... I can do what I want with I have segment. creative direction. That's right. That's right. All right. All right. So, today's Would You Rather is... Would you rather always be at a buffet or <laughs> always have to order food? Oh. Um... Okay, so I'm I'm just just like forever in your life. Like you work in a buffet, you sleep in a buffet. No, like, <laughs> no you'd always have to eat at a buffet oh, or oh. always order food. Okay, so yeah. you're because <laughs> because that's awful. No, <laughs> well, when you said that, I was thinking like you live in a buffet, you eat a buffet, you, <laughs> you sleep work in a buffet, you work in a buffet, you, sleep you in a... <laughs> take a dump in a buffet. Oh no. <laughs> So you always have buffet or you always order food. Yeah. Okay. Is it the same buffet or the same order menu every single? Well, the buffet is going to change depending on the season. The seasons. Yeah. What sort of fruits are in season. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously if you order food, you can order whatever you want. Okay. So is it, so it's sort of a different menu for both? Sure. Gosh. Well, okay, I love me a good buffet, first of all, but... I got a love-hate with buffets. But I'm a, a slightly concerned about the sanitation of it. That's that's my hate. 
Is it? Yeah. That's what you're that, that That's the hate. And also that I feel like I need to eat more to get my money's worth. Yeah, there's that mindfuck too. Yeah. So those are my two issues with buffet. So, okay. So I'm, I'm curious how this works though in your home. Or do you always go to the restaurant? <laughs> it's it's my- hypothetical, love. <laughs> it's I, just listen, a hypothetical. Listen, listen Linda. <laughs> I know. Look it. Look it. Look it. Listen to me. Listen to me. Linda, look it. Look it. Look it. But Linda, honey, honey, look it. <laughs> Hypothetically, if you ha- every time you ate a meal, would you rather be at a buffet or would you rather order food? How about that? <laughs> I have so many questions, and I know you've had a really busy day, so you're a little bit cranks. <laughs> I'm d- no, I'm not, actually. I'm just... No, I'm not. It's just I really feel like it's pretty fucking simple. It seems fairly straightforward, yeah. Oh, I just wonder about the logistics. Like, do I have to leave my house every day? The death look Mr. Smith is giving me right now. (laughs) Fine. I'm just. Let's just say you have to eat at a buffet or you have to order food, regardless of where you are. But is it in your house? (laughs) No, it's not in your house. Oh, this is fun for me. Um, I think. Oh, man, that's tough for me. I think I would probably – you know what? I think I'm going to pick a buffet, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because I have so many weird stipulations about what I eat, Mm. there are usually just a few items on the menu that I can eat. Fair. Fair enough. Versus a buffet, I almost always have more options because they're carved up. Mm -hmm. And there's a macaroni (laughs) salad, and there's a potato salad, and there's – you know, just regular potatoes and French fries and sweet potatoes. <laughs> Basically, and pretty much any kind of potato, <laughs> however it can be cooked. Yeah. Right. The Irish in you bleeds through. I know. I know. That was unbelievably white. <laughs> and so how about you? Plus um, ranch dressing, dressing too. I think I'm going to order. You are? Because. Because you're a lot higher class than me. Well, there's that. <laughs> no, there's really not. You're much more high class than me. I don't know. But. Um, you're more highbrow. Oh, you are highbrow. (laughs) You're just, that's a nice way to say you're a fucking snobby girl. (laughs) You're snobby as fuck. You don't have to be high class to be highbrow. (laughs) You gotta be high. Just answer the would you rather. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with order because of the sanitation reasons. Like, I'm much more likely to get something, some kind of bug, if I'm eating at a buffet all the time. Like a salmonella. A salmonella? Salmonella. Or feeling like I have to eat more. Right. So I'm going to go with order, and that way I can just kind of order whatever I want. It can be something that would be on a buffet anyway. You could maybe just get an appetizer. Appetizer, if yes. You, if you were feeling like a lighter fare. If a lighter fare. <laughs> if you yes. were feeling like... That was very high class of you. <laughs> and a, a touch a highbrow. Touch a high class. Just a little... A little uh, just a little highbrow, but little, mostly high class. Just a little nuance yeah. of highbrow. Well, we would love to hear... Where- <laughs> <laughs> what you would rather. And I promise I'm going to spit some knowledge here in a second. But we talk about it every single Monday over in our After Hours community. After Hours. <laughs> you were waiting for it, weren't you? Could you tell the yeah, inflection yeah. of my voice? You, I was yes. like, I had a You're natural. Like, and beat. And yeah. you gave me that look, too. Like, is it coming? <laughs> <laughs> so... We have this awesome little corner of the internet over on Facebook. It's our Joy Junkie After Hours Club, and it is so much fun, so supportive. And I run a very tight ship, so it's not like where people are, you know, trying to sell their shit or their services. And we really keep it streamlined to personal development and the things that are coming up for for everybody throughout the week. Mondays, we do 
Would You Rather Mondays and talk about uh, what came up on that particular show. And everybody has to defend their answer, (laughs) (laughs) which is really fun. And then Mr. Smith kind of cracks the whip on any any loopholing that might go on. He's got I really, have a feeling there's going to be a lot of loopholing on this one. Yeah. Just well, from your questions alone. I know. I know. From my shit alone. <laughs> and Wednesdays, we do Warm Fuzzy Wednesdays. We do uh, a live cue and slay session every Thursday where I sound off on questions that have come up from the community. So just a really great place to uh, be vulnerable and share about what's going on in your life and get some additional goodies and tips and tools and tons of freebies over there. So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That'll redirect you right over to our little room on Facebook. So how about we talk about imposter complex, shall we? Imposter. I had trouble getting that out because you just cracked me up with that. So in our family, Mr. Smith is definitely the songbird. I am, I took choir and all of that stuff, but he is so much more musically inclined. And for whatever reason, (laughs) I can hear things in my head, perfect tune, perfect, perfect tune. But when it comes out, (laughs) it's just a mess. It wasn't. No, that was actually really good. But I, I feel like, like I they could, rendition. I feel I like they could at least pick up what I'm putting down. I picked it up. <laughs> I picked it up. I laughed a little, but then I picked it up. Okay, so let's talk about imposter. Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, I was hoping you would do it. Oh, you were waiting for. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, so six different steps that you can take to start nailing down this imposter complex. So I want to read you a message that we got from a listener who submitted this to the show, and she said. I've searched for a show on imposter syndrome or getting out of that feeling that I just don't belong. My long story short is I grew up essentially, quote, trailer trash. And she wrote, that's not just me beating myself up or feeling sorry for myself. My family was legit poor. My dad was abusive. I got pregnant in high school, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so way to defend your nasty name for yourself. (laughs) Which I do highly suggest that you start saying, um, I grew up poor or I grew up uh, underprivileged or something like that instead of calling yourself trailer trash. The end results, however, are that I married my high school sweetheart. We've been together for 25 years and have three grown children. I have obtained four degrees, including my doctorate, and I have landed my, quote, perfect job. Now that I'm here, I feel like I don't belong. My comparison comparison game is so strong that I am stuck in this everyone is better vortex and I am really struggling to get out. I feel like I got I got this, I do belong and all of that shit and then I start beating myself up for thinking that because I know in my head that I overcame a lot of shit and that I should just suck it up. So it's just a lot of that bouncing back and forth. Like sure. you suck, no you don't, you suck, no you don't. Yeah, yeah. I've gone through the self-talk, the comparison stuff, et cetera, in the pods and in practice, but I still can't shake this feeling to get to a point in which I can just Stuart Smalley this shit. <laughs> little throwback for any ex-gens there. Because and I'm good enough. I'm smart, smart enough. enough and dug on it. People like me. Yeah. And now that dude has all those sexual allegations against Who him. doesn't these days? I know. Dudes, just... Keep your dick in your pants. Get it. Especially at work. All right. In the pods and in practice, but I still can't shake 
this feeling to get to a point. Oh, yeah. Stuart Smalley with this shit and agreed to disagree with my brain that doggone it, I am smart enough. Please help? Question mark, she wrote. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So first of all, you have to know that you are so not alone. And I have to give you a a warm fuzzy. fuzzy. (laughs) Yay! You're so good about knowing the... The little tone of my voice. I knew it was coming. A warm fucking fuzzy to you, my friend, for getting through all of that craziness of your upbringing and defying the odds and getting four degrees and having a loving marriage and and all of the incredible things, landing your perfect dream job. So even in spite of the narrative that you've been combating inside of your mind, you've still done it. Like you've still yeah. you've done some serious badass shit. Facts. Facts. So I want to just give you a huge warm fuzzy for that. So let's go through some of these steps here. So the first step that I want you to look at, and obviously from this listener, we know what her category is, but I want everybody listening to think, where does this show up in your life? Where is that particular category or trigger where you go, ooh, I'm not good enough? Because most of the time, it will be for for many of us, it'll be in lots of different categories, but there's usually one that's prevailing. And it usually is in your work life, your marriage, or in your parenting. Those are the three the three big guns that I see hmm. a lot where you mm-hmm. feel like I don't deserve this relationship. Um, I've, I've seen that in a lot of situations where you have maybe had a lot of abuse in the past or you had a really rough upbringing and then now you're with an incredible partner who treats you really well and you just feel like you don't deserve to be loved that way. Uh, that can be sort of an imposter complex sure. that pops up. I would say probably the largest is in work where Mm. we have, and this is very much the case of this listener, we've pushed and pushed and pushed to accomplish the quote, you know, American dream and get to this place where we have this thriving career and all of the success that we want. And we look around and go, oh my gosh, they're going to find me out. I don't even know what I'm doing. Why did they want to pick me? There's got to be so many other people who who are better for this career. And we also do it in our parenting too, where we think, that everybody else is a better parent because I i mean, I'm so grateful that I'm not one, but it is really awful how so many parents or even parenting advice is presented like you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you're not an attachment parent. Well, oh, you're not a good enough parent. And, oh, you need to be doing this or Uh, Oh, you don't make your costumes from scratch for Halloween for your kids or (laughs) all these things that are, I I feel so much for parents because the minute you get pregnant, everybody and their mother wants to tell you how to do it right. And no matter what happens, if there's an incident at school or your child hurts themselves, the first thought is I failed. I'm an imposter. Uh I've done it wrong. Now, obviously, I share this all secondhand because we don't have that experience. But I want for you to think about right now, where does this show up in my life? Where do I feel underqualified? Like I am allowed to participate in something, whether it's a relationship, a job, whatever, that I am not qualified for. Hmm. I am an imposter. I'm a poser. All right? So that's step one. Number two There's a couple of ways that this shows up, and I want you to really call yourself out if you are this first one. Now, 
I'm going to say that this first one that I'm sharing here is likely not many of you. But two places where the imposter syndrome can show up is, first of all, if you're not living in integrity. What I mean by that is, let's say you are a drug counselor and you have a coke addiction. Let's say you are a financial advisor and you just filed bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. There's things like that that are incongruent. And that is very, very different than the second place to look, which is your value of self or your self-worth. This is something that I think is largely what this audience is contending with. Sure. I would probably say like 95% versus 5% living out of integrity, not being in integrity. But I have come across that. I have come across some people who are working in specific professions where their life was, there was an incongruency there because they were preaching one thing and then doing something else. And so the message right there around imposter syndrome is not necessarily you're such an imposter, but you need to create congruency with your integrity because that's the reason why that hurts is because you aren't living in that integrity place, all hmm. right? Okay. So so that's a place for you to grow and stretch. However, like I said, I, I would venture a guess that that's about 5%. I would say about 95% of you who struggle with imposter syndrome are contending with a self-worth issue. And what we know is that largely our childhood and our family of origin during our formative years, typically between the ages of like 5 and 12, that's when we form our notion of self-worth. And if you were in a scenario where that wasn't fostered, or even a situation where maybe there was multiple kids in the family, and you felt like you had to be perfect in order to be noticed, or maybe you had a sibling who had special needs, and so your parents focused all their energy over there, so you acted out because you felt like, I need to get some kind of attention. It doesn't really matter. The point for most of us is we develop this faulty belief that we're not enough and Mm -hmm. that we have to strive and strive and strive in order to be valuable. So with regards to that self-worth, that can come from an internal place where you don't believe that you're good enough or you don't believe that you're valuable. It can also be an external force where you were maybe told. I mean, I know you you grew up with that situation with your dad for sure. For sure. And I remember seeing this incredible quote that said, parents, be careful what you say to your children as, as your voice eventually becomes their internal voice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can, I can definitely feel that. Because he would always say, he would tell you you're a liar, a cheater, and a thief. Like exact words. Th- those were yeah. his, that was his little statement. And then you kind of adopted that for a long time before you had to, you know, really say, that's not me. That's not true. Right. He's your dad. You, you believe him. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we're, that's how we're designed to function. We look to our immediate caregivers as the ones to keep us safe and to foster our needs and develop us and all of those things. So I want you to start looking at that and just nailing down for sure that, no, this is a self-worth thing <laughs> mm-hmm. for most of you it, it, with the select few who are, who are out of integrity. But for a majority of you, it's going to be 
a value, an issue around my worth. Now, if you aren't familiar with my work or you aren't as privy to some of the stuff that I have going around over here, this is my wheelhouse. This is truly what I do. Now, I would love to say that I could snap my fingers and you would magically feel worthy and enough. This is what I spend, I shit you not, almost four months with my students in Deep Down and Dirty to shift this because this is not an overnight thing. Why? Because it takes us decades upon decades before we realize, holy shit, I've been operating under this horrible belief system that I'm not valuable. Mm-hmm. Better do something about it. And now we have it ingrained in our subconscious mind. And so our conscious mind goes, I, just like this gal was saying, I know that I should just get over it. I know that I'm accomplished. Well, that's your logic and reason. That's only yeah. 12% of our brain. So if you have a deep-seated belief that you're not valuable, and that's housed in the 88% of your subconscious, guess which one's running the show? Right. It doesn't matter how much logic you have. It doesn't matter how much reason you have. Now, you mentioned um, deep down and dirty. For those that don't know what that is, what is that? I'm so glad you asked, Mr. Smith. Yeah, you know, that's my job. This is this is currently the only way that I work with people. I decided, gosh, probably almost a year ago now that I wasn't really going to do one-on-ones anymore. I wasn't going to do small classes anymore. I was only going to work in complete and radical transformation. That was the only thing I wanted to do. I didn't want to do just like these little one-off classes or easy, you know, small things. And one of the things that I feel really strongly about is because we're undoing decades of conditioning, we need a longer period of time together to have that repetition and that constant focus on these newer habits, tools, and tactics that I teach. So if you are at all interested in that and you go, holy shit, yes, my issue is this whole not enoughness thing. It is that I don't feel worthy. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel lovable. That's another way that it shows up. I don't deserve positive things in my life. I really, really encourage you to go check out my free workshop. It's called, uh, you can find it over at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And that basically highlights it really similar to what this gal was saying in her submission. It highlights a lot of the reasons why some of the things that you have tried up until now haven't stuck. And mm-hmm. a lot of it's very scientific. It has to do with the critical function of the brain and the kickback that happens when you try something new. And if you give up too soon, like any other habit, we just, the you know, the brain's already telling you, this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work, so we throw in the towel, that's why we quit diets, that's why we quit school, that's why we quit all these things when we're right at the precipice of creating a new habit. Yeah. And it's when you understand how the brain functions and you can kind of work with it, work in conjunction with that, you can kind of persevere through some of this shitty stuff that happens, you know, and the negative self-talk that arises. Absolutely. So, yeah. If you are at all interested and you know I cannot go on another fucking year, I can't go on another six months being my own worst enemy, and I don't know how to change this, this is what I've been doing for well over a decade. And I've seen hundreds of people do it, no matter how broken they think they are. And it is unreal. I just talked to a couple of students who are graduating this week, and they were like, this has been worth every fucking penny. Mm -hmm. I have shown up, I have done the work, and everything has changed. My life has completely changed. Nice. And starting new businesses, ending toxic relationships, people quitting smoking, people, you know, all sorts of shit people do when they finally believe that they're valuable. 
Yeah. Right? So again, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop, and you can hear all about it, sort of my methodology, my process, and then you'll see at the very end an opportunity to book a call with one of my team members to talk about it, your specific issue, and uh, what's coming up for you. So lots of free shit. And let's see. All right. So we've got number one. Where does this show up in your life? Number two, look at those two places to look. Am I living out of integrity or is this a self-worth issue? Number three, I want you to ask yourself the question, what am I afraid of? Mm-hmm. Is it being found out? Is it being found out for what? Is it rejection? Am I deathly afraid of rejection? Is it vulnerability? Is it really, truly being seen? Somebody seeing who you are in all of your your shortcomings? Is it somebody finding out about your past? Is it shame? Are you carrying shame around for anything? So you've got to really nail down not just this idea that she was mentioning here of, I feel like I don't belong, but what am I afraid of? Is that, is that the rejection piece? What is it? And one of my favorite things to do around this is to ask myself the question, what am I making up? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. We've talked about this a lot on the pod, that the, the natural inclination of the brain when you ask a question is to find the answer. So one of the most productive ways to speak to yourself is to ask powerful questions. Yes. What am I making up? I'm making up most of the time what other people think of you. That is usually what we are making up. Yeah. We're putting other people's thoughts together. We're putting stories together. Yep. We're incredibly imaginative. And when you can look at that and go, wait a minute, is that really true? I don't think that's even really true. That is a complete fabrication. Then you can kind of decide what you want to do with your behavior. But this piece, this number three right here, what are you afraid of? You have got to take pen to paper and journal this out. One of the ways that we tap into the subconscious mind is through the idiomotor response, meaning writing things out or typing things out Mm -hmm. because you are having both that mind-body connection at the same time. And you start to, I don't know if you guys ever notice this, where you're, you're journaling and at your penmanship is all nice and flowery and beautiful. And then the more you start writing, the more you start, it gets a little bit more haphazard. And yeah. typically by halfway down the page, that's about when we start entering the subconscious. Wow. We're getting out of our conscious stream of thought and into shit that we're like, whoa, where'd that come from? You ever do yeah, that? Yeah. Where you're like, where, where did that come from when you're writing? <laughs> So that can be incredibly advantageous to then have something to work with. When you know what the fear is about, when you know it's shame or you know it's rejection or you know it's self-worth, then you have something that you can start working with, all right? So number three, what are you afraid of? Number four, I want you to do this, okay? And this is going to be the thing that everybody is going to be resistant about and they're not going to do it and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I heard this awesome podcast. Why doesn't it work for me? (laughs) You've got to do something, my friends, right? If you You haven't heard me say it, you've got to do it. (laughs) you got to just do it. Do it. Do it. 
I know, I love it. It's like you don't actually need the motivation. You don't actually need the drive. You just need to do it. You need to make yourself do it, even if you don't have the motivation. Mm-hmm. All right. Number four, identify your strengths and your accomplishments, and I want you to write them out. And I want you to hang them up and read them daily. Mm. Because when we are in an imposter syndrome mindset, we are in the process of tallying and accumulating all of the information for why we suck, why Joe over there is so much better at the job than I am, why, you know, my wife is such a better partner to me than I am, why blah, 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 blah. And we tally everybody else's successes or genius or competencies, and we forget how brilliant we are or what we've overcome. I mean, just this listener submission alone, just reread what you fucking wrote. Yeah. Four agrees, agrees, agrees? (laughs) degrees, including a doctorate. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Landed your perfect job. Okay. This is also where I'm not going to go super into brain science around this, but there is a reason why your brain is going, wait a minute. We don't know this place. We don't know Mm -hmm. personal power. Is that where we came from? Yeah. In the very uh, simplified version, your subconscious brain knows knowns and unknowns. Mm -hmm. So the minute you introduce something that is unknown, like empowerment or being proud of yourself or speaking kindly to yourself or worthiness, your brain kicks it back. Doesn't matter how positive it is, it goes, we don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know how to be happy in a relationship. We don't know how to be happy in our dream job. Better push back at it. Better self-sabotage. All right? So what we need to start doing is changing what we are inundating ourselves with. Identify your strengths and your accomplishments because you are all of those things. So don't discard those. Don't go, yeah, yeah, to my doctoral degree. That's huge. That's incredible. And you did this also while having three children? Yeah. For fuck's that's, sake. That's a big, big task. This is a big deal. You are all of these things. Write out the list, hang them up, and read them daily. Not flippantly. Not like, oh, I did this, and I got this, and I did that. and this. But really think about the tenacity and the fervor and the diligence that you had to employ in order to accomplish those things. If it's in a relationship, think about how many times you have been there for your partner or you showed them love in the way that they receive it or you showed up for them when they really, really needed you. Chances are you are you are just so acutely focused on the other person that you're negating all of your own brilliance. Identify your strengths and your accomplishments. This is non-negotiable, y'all. Write out the list, hang them up, read it daily. All right, number five, analyze your beliefs. Now, this is going to be very similar to what I talked about with number two. This is also where you might want to seriously think about contacting me or doing Deep Down and Dirty or at the very, very least, go check out the workshop. That is your first step to identify, is this speaking your language? Is Are these the issues that you're up against? But when you analyze your beliefs, which is something that I do not discuss on the pod because it takes a lot of focus and attention to untangle them and to create a new way. And 
and I feel very strongly too that when I work with people, I don't want them to ever say, I could have gotten all of this on the pod. Yeah. So there is yeah, yeah. so much more. You guys get kind of like the sampling. You know, like when you go to Trader Joe's and they're like, would you like to try this coffee cake? <laughs> and you're like, ooh, that's delicious. Mm-hmm. Deep Down and Dirty is like the f- whole fucking meal. Not just the coffee cake. It's all <laughs> of the things. So, and I've had tons of people say that too. Like, holy shit, I didn't realize there could be so much more <laughs> to yeah. do. But analyzing your beliefs. And again, this is a subconscious thing. Consciously, you might believe that or you might think that, no, I know I, I know I deserve this job. Mm-hmm. I know I deserve this relationship, but you don't feel it. That's the belief. That's the subconscious that is driving this car, okay? Analyze those beliefs. What is it that I am not worthy, that I'm not valuable, that I'm not enough? Most of us have something that is attached to the enoughness, like I'm not pretty enough. I'm Mm. not smart enough. I'm not a good enough parent. One of the ones I see all the time in Deep Down and Dirty from the students is attached to perfectionism. I must be perfect in order to be loved or in order to be valuable. I must be accepted by everybody, Mm. approved of by everybody in order to be valuable. It's crazy. It really is, yeah. It's usually annexed to something. So I want you to start deciphering that. Like, what is that that you've been believing? From from this gal, what she submitted, it sounds like, you know, this everyone is better. It sounds like a pretty run-of-the-mill, I'm not good enough. Like, Clean case, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you need to start figuring out what that looks like. And Oh, oh sorry. Go sorry. Ahead. I, I, you know, I was just going to add that just in my experience in my life, I've been around people that are highly educated or come from means or, you know, I came from a very poor yeah. environment as well. And I see the things that they accomplish and how much easier it was for them. It doesn't mean that they are more worthy of it. Right. Just because they have it or because they've gotten it. Right. In my experience, the people that work harder for it are usually the ones that are really take ownership of it and embrace it more. Like I earned this. Yeah. Right. And they don't feel the privilege of it. They feel the ethic work of it. You know, what's interesting though, too, when we talk just about socioeconomic background and, you know, sort of these different plights that people go through, I honestly think it, it, it really doesn't matter. Like I have seen people who come from complete affluence who still have the belief that they don't matter. Absolutely. Or Absolutely. there's guilt around mm-hmm. the affluence. And, you know, working in in the makeup industry and being in LA and doing fashion shows and stuff prior to getting involved in, in personal development, I saw people that by all society standards had their shit together. Yeah. You know, celebrities and per- models with their perfect bodies and who hated themselves. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Loathed themselves. I mean, how many celebrities do we see that overdosed because sure. they're miserable? Or can't hold down a relationship. Exactly. I, I think I was speaking to her in this case. Oh, but I you're, see. you're absolutely right. I think in her case, she's probably viewing those people as being more worthy mm. in, in the context of where she came from and the socioeconomics of her situation. That's seeing interesting. Seeing that other people probably deserve it more because they've had more in their lives or something like that. And that would be a really curious 
belief to unpack. Sure. And to to look at what am I making up? Mm -hmm. Am I making up that coming from money equals you deserve your dreams? Right. You know, that's something to definitely explore. Absolutely. Great point, baby doll. All right. So number five, analyze your dreams. And finally, number six, stop comparison in the moment. Mm, That's a huge one. This is something that I think people miss all the time in personal development. We think that it's a, a con, uh, consuming an idea, doing a journaling, listening to a book, and that is not what personal development is. Personal development is what happens in the moment during your day in and day out life. It is when you notice a trigger, it is stopping a thought and changing it. It is noticing what your belief is and going, wait a minute, is that really true? It's hearing the voice in your mind and saying, wait a minute. I don't want to attach to that and changing it deliberately to something else. It's watching your motivation. Am I doing this just to garner approval or, you know, affirmation from somebody? Or am I doing this from a place of personal fulfillment? It's analyzing behavior. It's stopping your mind in the moment. And it is exhausting. This is why most people don't continue on. You get that kickback from the brain going, what are you doing? This is stupid. You can't change your thoughts. And then we throw in the towel far before we're able to actually cultivate change. So you've got to stop the comparison in the moment. I'm going to link to a handful of other podcasts. One of them I've done specifically on comparison to help you with that. But shift that focus from them to you. So instead of going, oh, well, so-and-so is so amazing and they've got this and they got that or they came from money or they came for this, blah, 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 going, wait a minute. No, I am powerful. I have accomplished massive feats in my life. I am proud of the person that I am. You have, can do this, you know, and actually give yourself a little pep talk in the moment. Go back to your list, especially when you're triggered. Go back to your strengths and accomplishments list. If you have it pinned up on your wall, take a picture of it so that you can reference it on your phone. Have that as a go-to. All we have to do in that moment is we have to substitute. We have a negative thought, a negative belief, a negative experience. We need to notice it, and then we need to substitute it with something positive. All right? So go back to that list. Repeat a powerful mantra. And I wrote here, underlined, constant. You can't take your eye off this. Oh, yeah. You have yeah. to keep going because what you what you have to remember is for decades upon decades, the overarching tape that's been playing in your mind has been one that's negative. So if we try to put in a positive tape for just 30 minutes a day, do you think that's going to change anything? <laughs> no. We have to do it constantly. So that's why when she says – you know, I've tried, you know, listening to the pods and I still can't shake the feeling. That's because you're not doing it constantly enough. And that is the bitch of this because everything in our life we want fast. We want quick. We want to lose weight fast. We want to find our soulmate fast. We want to graduate fast. We want all of that stuff. And there is no pill. This is a mental and spiritual workout and you got to train man you mm-hmm. have to train and there are going to be aches and pains and you're going to need that fucking vapor rub and the bengay <laughs> and the, all that shit but you have to keep working constantly i still do now but the trade off 
is that I actually now am at a place where the ratio is like 80% empowered, 20% have fears, content, you know, doubt myself a little bit. That I will take any day. Absolutely. To be able to say in my bones, no, I am enough. I do mm-hmm. deserve to have what I want. With, That's huge. Without worry. To be able to accept compliments and and in my mind go, and I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to believe that I, I deserve the relationship that I have. Mm-hmm. To foster amazing connections with other people because I know that I am worthy of awesome humans in my life. That's the ripple effect. It's uh, it's demanding what you wor- what you're worth in your business. Things like I mean it it, it permeates everything. Yeah, um, I do the same thing, but with bodies. Yep. Right. People are like, oh, you know, I sit this way and I'm broken, and oh, uh, tell me what's wrong. And I'm like, no, you're you're great. We just have some improvements to make. That's right. Right. And and the way you make improvements is you start talking nice to yourself. First That's right. of all, right? Like tell your body how grateful you are that it got you where you are. Exactly. Um, like those kinds of things are huge in the psychological aspect of the healing process. That's right. In a physical way and in the mental way, which yep. you deal with. Yeah. And it's interesting because they're all tied together. Oh, yeah. They're oh, all they very, are. very oh, yeah. much tied together. Absolutely. It's a somatic experience. That's me- right. Meaning it's a whole body experience or a whole holistic experience. That's right. Well, let's do a quick little recap and we will end this because I believe all of you have some serious work to do. All right. So, <laughs> so number <laughs> number one, where does this show up in your life? Pinpoint it. What's your trigger? Number two, nail down exactly how this is showing up for you. Two places to look. Is it I'm not living in integrity or for the most prevailing concept, which I think will be applicable to most of you, is this actually a self-worth issue, a value of myself? Number three, what am I afraid of and or what am I making up? Take some time to take pen to paper and journal about that because that is going to clue you in to what's really happening behind the scenes, aka the subconscious mind. Number four, identify your strengths and your accomplishments. This one's non-negotiable. You have to write it out in a list Hang it up and read it daily. And a little sidebar, if you're embarrassed about that and there are people in your life who make fun of you, those are not the people to support you. Hanging up a positive list about things that you are proud of should never, ever be fodder for ridicule, all right? That is not something wrong with you. You do not need to cower. That is somebody else's bullshit, all right? (laughs) Just a little caveat. Number five, Analyze your beliefs. That's going to be extremely helpful when you do number three to figure out what is behind this whole issue. Analyze your beliefs. And finally, number six, stop the comparison in the moment. Shift it from being all about them to come back to you. Think about your list and repeat a powerful mantra, something that you want to create for yourself that anchors you into, I am worthy of this job. I am deserving of this relationship. Yes, there you have it. Six ways to deal with the imposter complex. Anything you wanted to throw into the mix after all of that? Just that you can do it. Yeah, that's good. You know, just just take it one step at a time and know that it's accomplishable, that you can change your mind, you can change your mindset. I've and seen And just start making the changes. I've seen hundreds of people do it. Yeah. And it starts with the first step. Yep. It starts with the decision that I'm going to change it. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
And then it becomes putting one foot in front of the other and, and genuinely getting the support and the help that you need. You don't have to do this on your own, my friends. You do not. I have a handful of gorgeous women who are supporting each other right now through Deep Down and Dirty. And it is unbelievable to watch them. That is cool. And to see them. What's really cool is they're all on different weeks. So there will be new ones who come in and they're like on week one or two or they're really scared. And then the the older ones are like, listen, those weeks (laughs) are the hardest. You can do it. You're going to come out the other side. And there's, you know, speaking up for themselves and telling their bosses what's up and, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's just so awesome to watch. But for any of you who are interested, again, go watch the workshop completely free. It'll give you some more insight, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And uh, check out the additional show notes for ways to submit show topic ideas. Check us out at the After Hours community and additional pods that might be helpful for you. All the things. All of the things. All right, guys. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Miss Smith, out.